This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Oh, another week, another busy week for the Dons. Two games to review and of course another one to preview later on, a bit of Rotherham at home. So, lots to talk about between myself and the other two co-hosts on the call. Uh, I'm Liam as always and joining me as always is uh, one of our co-hosts, Ross. Ross, how you doing? Yeah, after a hectic few days at the NFL and then uh, a long trip to Wigan, I can finally say... Uh, I'm I'm glad that it's a home game this weekend. Yeah, we're, uh, for we're, sure. Yeah, so been a, he, he didn't go to Wigan. It's been a busy week for myself. It's the NFL on Sunday knocks me out for a good day on Monday. Yeah, the last thing I could think about was going to Wigan. And uh, yeah, you did it yourself. So yeah, and you got rewarded, of course, for the win. So happy days. Another person who always got rewarded for traveling to Wigan for three points. Uh, first away, away win he's seen in, how long is it, Joe? It's quite a few days, right? But how are you doing anyway? Not 914 days it was. Not not that I'm counting or anything. Um, yeah. Um, after, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just rewards, I think, <laughs> for having to sit through some of the performances I've seen in the last uh, two years. But no, yeah, really good, really good. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely catch up on everything on that game later on in the episode. But uh, unfortunately, we've got to start with negative and start with the Shrewsby performance. Um, obviously, another defeat away from home and from what I heard unfortunately I didn't go to the game myself but from what I heard it was uh, it was pretty poor um, you know lot, lots of possession as always but and not being clinical enough pretty much some of the game and of course we see the one chance that it's a goal so there's not really much more to say about it than that from my perspective fortunately we've got people on the call who crack the game and know a lot more about it than I do so Ross give us your uh, Shrewsbury thoughts yeah, and it, it certainly was an interesting game. Um, I thought it was a game we, we should have comfortably won, but it obviously it didn't, doesn't turn out like that with the Dons. Um, yeah, as you say, Liam, we had all the possession. Um, but it was a case of we just didn't have that quality in the final third. 
Um, and a lot of lot of people were saying in the stands after the game, um, it was the same old Dons. I didn't feel like it was the same old Dons. Um, we probably should have took a point out of the game. I, th- I believe that literally only had um, one shot on target, which really challenged Fisher, and that was a goal. Um, so, um, over, other than that, I don't feel like we gave up that many chances. But in the final third, as I say, we, we lacked that intensity and that pace, and it was a completely opposite performance to what Wigan was. And I think that's what concerned me the most was the fact that I thought we would have a bit of a bounce back after um, Doncaster. And after a bit of a break, I thought we'd be all over uh, Shrewsbury. But as I say, they Shrewsbury done a job on us and um, they they set a game plan and they stuck to that very well. And we didn't break down them and uh, they went up the other end and scored. And I feel like that's the only thing they've done all game. They they literally just took a chance and they took the three points and fair play to them. Um, but I questioned us whether um, we got into wide areas uh, enough uh, and we got Troy and Mo together close enough. And that I felt that's where the problem was. If we looked at the Accrington game um, where we won 2-0, we saw Troy and Mo um, linking up so well. They weren't linking up at all in the Shrewsbury game. And I think that's where the problems were created. They were too isolated. And then Max Waters came on and we're chasing the game. And yeah, so overall, it's a disappointing result. But obviously after the Wigan result, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy where we are now, for sure. Yeah, I think um I think a lot of people would have said if you know if you had a took three points from those two those two away games, you know, I think a lot of people took that quite frankly. Um, so yeah, it's nice with that scenario, but of course, this is before we had the hindsight of the Wigan result. And um, yeah, I completely agree with what I've seen in terms of getting out to the wide areas. That's we'll talk about the low block later, how to break it down and maybe what we didn't do. And one of the things we didn't do, as Ross mentioned, is get out to like Sakioso and other people like that, the players who can make a difference, as we saw on Tuesday night. And, you know, your wingbacks and your your wide players in general are really big in breaking down low blocks. And if you're not getting in touch with the football, you're not going to win a football game. So it's pretty pretty simple as that, especially when you get a team against Shrewsbury who, you know, as as Ross pretty much said, have a a game plan. Don't really want to get out of that game plan, especially when they're leading, uh, which they eventually did through Wally. And, um, you know, they're pretty comfortable. And unfortunately, it's never no way to defeat Shrewsbury, which... It's quite an annoying one, quite frankly, and they're quite an annoying side to play, which I'm sure they'll be very pleased to hear. Um, this is how it is. Joe, what are your, what are your overriding thoughts on Shrewsbury after that performance? If we win that 1-0, we say, oh, that's a really good controlled performance. We didn't give them anything. We created a few chances and took it when it mattered. But as, as it happened, they took their one chance. So all of a sudden, it's almost as if the narrative's totally changed and but in reality I think you know I heard some people say how it was you know it was this was like what it was under rust and stuff like that and I think back to games like crew away that I watched on iFollow and we had I believe 70% possession and we had two shots in an entire game we had 13 shots and restricted Shrewsbury to four and one of the Shrewsbury's four shots was you know and we've mentioned this a piece of quite awful defending to be quite honest the 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 team pushed up um on the high line 
and got you know it's borderline offside but I think he's probably just on and you know it, at the end of the day it was a cheap goal that came out of nothing and you know it fish he's you can't really blame him he's got the guy's got a free run on him from about 20 yards 20 30 yards out so you know it's it, it that was the, other than that they had three shots in the entire game if I think back to you know Troy Parrott played great ball through to Mo Issa. Mo Issa's one on one, and if you wanted any player on that pitch to take have that chance, then it would have been Mo. Um, great save from their keeper, um, a back post header from Kyoso that just went over the bar, and also there was a cross from Matt O'Reilly where um, Max Waters was inches away from flicking it into the top corner. So I think you know I think it's the result made people potentially think it was a worse performance than it was because like I say if 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 when Sean Wally goes through he Fish makes a great save and when Isa goes through he scores but all the other chances in the game are exactly the same and the pattern of the game is the same we'd be saying yep restricted them to virtually nothing and we took our chances and 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 they didn't have any chances so that's what I think would have happened if we if we won it 1-0 um I mean, we didn't, but that's just the fine margins in football. Um, but for me, it's you know, we, it's another day we take our chance and they don't. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's not you know we were we weren't our free flowing best, but you know sometimes you, you will have games like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, much like our opponents were on Tuesday, we, we were due a few bad results. That as simple as that, and we, I think we've had our fair few now. Of course, Doncaster away, Shrewsbury away, and Millie. Of course, it was against the two bottom sides to the league, but I don't think on days like that, I don't think you were really much worse to... against Doncaster. Yes, you were much yeah. worse against Doncaster. Yeah, well, I mean, if it got worse than Doncaster, I'd been, I'd been very, very surprised. They weren't, they weren't really great against Donny, to be honest. Um, but yeah, as, as I said, everyone's stupid bad results, and um, every team will go through that type of spell. So it's, it's not something to over, overreact to, as as per se. Um, but one thing that and a few people actually mentioned to us when we really briefly spoke about on the episode is, you know, a lot of teams, especially the lower league teams, have been just operating like lower blocks on us. And there's, there was time of the season we struggled to break it down. And I think the past few games we've, we've seen a similar pattern, you know, whether that's through the, the players don't think it was complacency, which is fair enough. I mean, that's that's, that's all if you try to take the word for it ultimately, but whether it's, lack of creativity going forward maybe it's, maybe it's just they've got the player trying to implement a certain way and it's not working but what are your guys thoughts on how to break down a low block in terms of just a general general sort of terms on it Ross I mean is it simply just keeping the ball and being patient with it or is it more than that there's so many um, areas which you could cover when breaking down a deep block in my eyes I think one of the most important ones is um, width. You've got to have width in, when you try and um, break down a deep block. The reason why I say that is because of you want to stretch them as much as possible and take them out of that deep block. So, for for example, at Shrewsbury, using um, Kyoso and Harvey um, to draw out their 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 wide centre halves as such, or their wing backs. Um, and then the second most important in my eyes is um, pace. You've got to keep up an intensity um, it, when you break down that block. So you've got to have quick, sharp passes 
And you've got to also have a bit of quality and a bit of flair as well. Because of, obviously, if you're just passing it or doing route one over the top, it's pretty self-explanatory in my eyes. And um, so you need a bit of quality. But um, also, you've got to have bravery. Um, you've got to play that dangerous pass, um, which we tried to do against Shrewsbury. And that they, they saw it opening and they broke, broke on the counter-attack. But um, I, I, I do feel when breaking down a, a deep block, you can get a bit com- complacent and play a bit safe, try and um, pass it too slow. So I feel like it's easy for us to say how to break down a deep block. But until you face it, I, I do feel like um, I do feel it's quite hard to um, come, up, come up against it, especially when you play like us. Because obviously Manning, he likes to play with a purpose. So um, he likes to play it to feet. He doesn't really like to play it over the top. I know against Wigan, we're actually having more success playing it to wide areas and then Kyoso flicking it on to the likes of Mo up top. Um, but yeah, as I say, breaking down a deep block, most important things is width, pace and a bit of in- intensity about our play. Yeah, I, I most certainly agree on the pace and width and, you know, having that bit of bravery that you need. I think, I think bravery comes in many ways. I think a key, a key thing to talk about is you know, the team supporting each other. And I don't mean in terms of dressing room and personally, I mean, actually behind the ball. You know, you mentioned about the counter-attacking from multiple times. And of course, that led to the Wally goal. It's, you've got to have, if you're going to play as low block, you've got to have that support. And that comes from every single player on the pitch. And I suppose if you're having width there, and also with Kyoso and Harvey at the time, you're going to need the likes of Darling, O'Hara and Lewington to really provide that structure. And I suppose in some senses, even Kasumu and O'Reilly, they need to provide that structure. Otherwise, you know, if they're bombing that field, like we've seen O'Reilly do occasionally, if Kaz isn't, you know, thinking in his mind, oh, I need to, need to cover O'Reilly, that's, that's a counter-attack. And that's probably a, what, a four-on-three, a three-on-four situation where, you know, we could easily be exploited. And that's kind of happened previously. So I think for me, it's what addition to Ross's point says, having that support behind the play, um, that sort of nullifies any counterattacking, any pressure from the opposition. You know, there's always a there's always a plan A, B, and C to the ball can go to. But it's also concentration. Whether the player, as I said, O'Hora and his pre-match presser for Wigan sort of said he doesn't think it's complacency, but it's very when you're having seventy five percent of a ball in any game, it's very hard not to get a bit complacent or lose concentration. Um, and of course, with a younger squad, I imagine they've probably not got. Well, I don't know assume things but they perhaps haven't got the heads that older players might have in the squad or in other squads and especially the experience so for me it's also important to try and enhance their concentration as much as you possibly can and that can do in many ways but and I'm sure you know the coach staff are trying to do that as best as they can um, and sitting down with them in like film rooms I mean that is a good way of doing that but I think in addition to Ross's points I think a support behind the ball and enhancing people's concentration whatever way you can is probably as important as the points made by uh, yourself, Ross. Joe, what are, you, what are your thoughts on breaking down a low block if they haven't been mentioned already? Yeah, no, I think what you guys say are incredibly relevant. I think one thing, you know, with a low block by, by you know, by definition, there's not going to be many players left up the other end of the pitch. It's going to be the majority of the players uh, sat back. So I think, you know, we can then afford as well to commit commit numbers ourselves forward so often there'd be 
maybe we did get it into a wide position, but it's having to be then cut back into the midfield because there's one player in the box, you know, and we saw that actually when Boateng, um, in, in the Wigan game, when you got Boateng, Kyoso, um, Maoisa, um, Scott Twine, they're all committing and running into the box at pace and with purpose, you know, it, 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 the defenders all of a sudden have something to think about. Players are not being picked up. And so I think, you know, having the bravery to commit those extra men forward um, really helps. And also, you know, Warren or Lewington on the outside to uh, just help with the overload in the wide areas. Um, and then <clears throat> one other thing I think is maybe a different type of player, like a um, like someone like a Josh McEachran, because he's, you know, great with his ball speed and just keeping the ball moving, like Ross said, you know, really quickly. And also someone maybe like Josh Martin, because he's the sort of player that we haven't really seen much. And, you know, he's probably not the best in terms of pressing or um, maybe, you know, for the system. But when you need just one person to create something out of nothing, you know, he, he could be the guy that does that. And I think he did quite well at Cheltenham when they were sat back in their lock. Um so, you know, sometimes just about having completely different players who are going to do completely different things as well. So, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, like you say, it is easy for us to say, but these are just some things which, I mean, we have done some of them as well. Some of these things have been working for us. So I think it's just, yeah, maybe the consistency, as you say. Yeah, the point of Josh Martin is actually a really good one because he's someone who can just get into his half spaces in between the centre-backs and really make a difference. And to be honest, we haven't really seen too much of him. And when we have, it's... And even it's on most, the bench yesterday. Yeah, it's mostly been good from what we've seen of him so far. Obviously, he's, he's still a kid. And of course, he wasn't Manning signing. Ultimately, none of them happened really apart from Kyoso. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see more of him. And I appreciate it. It's a, it's a very talented and packed squad at the moment. And I'm sure that that may get a little better in January. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him on the bench. At the very least, get some minutes and... Um, you know, he's, he is he's ultimately a game changer and he was, he was brought to, in to do that in a previous regime. So, yeah, he's got plenty of talent. So, hopefully, we can uh, see him in the near future. Also, I just, I just wanted to mention about the deep block. You've got to have a bit of persistence and belief about yourselves also. If you don't have that belief of uh, we're able to break down this side, you're never, ever going to win a football game. And obviously, the likes of Twiney and um, Parrot, all the, all the quality we've got in this side... They've got to believe we we can get through it through a team like Shrewsbury because of at the end at, at the end of the day if you don't have that belief you what's the point of you being on the pit, football pitch? So um, I just wanted to mention about the persistent as well because obviously if you if you if you keep going at them they're gonna they're gonna make mistakes they're gonna come out of that shape at one point and it's about taking that opportunity. So going forward, as I say, just just believe belief and uh, keep going. Yeah, it's testing the mentality of a younger squad, isn't it? Especially, you know, I said the experienced, more older players will will know how to do that and they'll, well, potentially get into some of the other guys' heads. And yeah, it's about keeping, actually, concentration, keeping a strong head. Uh, yeah, so just believing in yourself and believing that you can actually do it. And uh, I'm sure there's plenty of leaving at Don's squad based off how they started this season. And of course, the uh, result on Tuesday would have done a massive, um, a lot to that, I suppose. And Marshall transition into that because I don't really about it a lot. Uh, two when we at Wigan, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't want to brag, bring myself up too much, but I did say Wigan would do a bad result, and uh, lo and behold, we beat him two one. So 
I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, the data, the data doesn't really lie to you. Um, this, this type of thing, especially XG. XG is a fairly existing stat, and it showed the Wigan Road performing quite considerably. Um, and I think they showed that. He's got a pretty good goal. Whether he's offside or not, who knows? I haven't seen a definitive angle to say he is or he isn't. Um, obviously, you guys are at the stadium, so you might have a better view than me. Um, but I felt the way we reacted was really, really good. Obviously, Kyoso scores that header at the back post. He runs straight over to the birthday boy, Mannings. Happy birthday, Liam. Um, and yeah, the second goal was equally as good in terms of quality. And, you know, we've seen it out in the end. And admittedly, a few, a few close scares, of course, wiped towards the end of the game where you're thinking, oh, he might go in, but no, he just didn't. And um, yeah, back onto winning ways away from home. Hopefully start another run of good results. Um, Joe, what were your thoughts on Wigan away on Tuesday night? Well, yeah, <clears throat> it was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, a decent away following as well, just under 200, which is a cracking effort really for a Tuesday night. Um, I think we... J- I did say on the I said on the previous show I expected us to I, I predicted a two-one victory, and in a way, it kind of especially the first half, it turned out exactly the way I thought it would. I think they were good, they were fairly clinical when they did get that big chance. However, um, I think we we were the ones that you know on a big pitch, on a big pitch, David Kasumu is absolutely unbelievable. That's the best Dom's performance I've seen of any player this season. I think Tom Bayliss was having nightmares of David Kasumu uh, last night. He, The amount of times he just took the ball on the half turn, I think he was fouled five times. He completed four out of four dribbles. He um, he won, I think it was like nine out of his ten ground duels, something like that. And he genuinely was absolutely everywhere. He was, you know, double doubling up with... Um, with the uh, the right right back PKO so to, to to defend as well so he, and also he showed a bit of quality when going forward and just just getting us up the pitch because the second half it, it was a case of you know we, we they had the ball more than us but one thing that was really impressive was you know unlike what Shrewsbury did where they sat on the edge of their box we were basically like in the middle of the pitch we weren't sat deep at all. And as a result, they never really got too close to actually scoring. I think they had five shots in the second half and two, two of them came in like the last minute. And genuinely, I mean, OK, yeah, I was a bit nervous whenever they had one of their corners. But by and large, they didn't actually create anything in the second half of note. And that's, I think that's real, real credit to how everyone, it was very compact, but we, we didn't just drop back where... It's probably quite natural to think, oh yeah, we'll sit back on um, on the edge of our box and we'll, uh, we'll we'll see this one out. But actually, they were a bit more advanced than that. Um, really committed by from everyone. I thought Hero had a good game. I thought you know everyone absolute, looked absolutely knackered at the end. And um, but and then it's about having the quality as, as well and showing the quality which we you know which we clearly have. Um, and then you know, yeah, there was a fair share of uh, a bit, a bit of shit housing uh, towards the end. But uh, there we go. It's you got to do what you got to do, haven't you? Yeah, but it's, yeah, game management is part and parcel of the game. We've seen it plenty of times this season from Dons, and it's been against us a fair few times. So you know, it's, it's the game is the game, as they say. Um, yeah, it is what it is, quite frankly. 
it was weird. I don't know if you've read the Manning interview on The Athletic. It came out during international break, but he described the most enjoyable win that he has had as Don's manager was the one that went over Portsmouth. And he said, essentially, it was like a championship game because of how mentally, physically draining it was for the players and himself. I do happen to wonder if the game last night has overtook that now because it, it came across that way. There's some, obviously, I've watched it on my on laptop you guys were at the stadium, but yeah, Wigan, I do say Wigan are... I do think we're overrated, but at the same time, they are a very, very, very good team and they've spent a lot of money on that squad. Um, and Ross say... I think we played better at Portsmouth. I think we played better at yeah. Portsmouth. Okay. But maybe this was more, you know, this maybe this was a bit more satisfying because now we dug in, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, Ross, how did you find the Tuesday night? Obviously, as I can tell you, you're probably a bit knackered from the whole week in general, but how did you find it? Oh, it was. I said to Joe on the way back, it's completely worth the trip. At the end of the day, um, as Joe just mentioned, there was, and I know Manning's, um, Manning said it in his um, interview after the game. There, there's literally no egos in this team. Everyone's a, everyone works for one another. And if you were in that stadium after the game last night, every single player was g'd up after the game. After them three points, they were. They were giving it large to the way, way fans us, and everyone's just bouncing off them. Even Manning, even Manning was up for it, and you could tell everyone was just in it for one another. And collectively, that's what I call um, a Don's victory. Away from home against Wigan, who I believe scored uh, conceded nine goals this season, and we've scored two past them. And arguably, if um, with the Harvey half chance and the Boateng uh, on his weak foot we could have probably had one more goal. So, um, as Joe said in the second half as well, I don't feel like we were up against it at all. Um, I felt we, we looked comfortable. Fish, very commanding in his own area when needed. Um, the long long free kicks going into the box, Fish, he was all over it. And yeah, as you say, Liam, they're, they're, of course we're going to have the game management side to it. If When it goes against you, you hate it, but when you do it, you love it. And um, I think overall, it was just, I, I, I call it a perfect away day um, because of obviously Tuesday night, 200 of, of us travelling nearly over like 300 miles um, round trip. And um, yeah, we took home the three points and I couldn't be happier, to be fair. Yeah, Ross, it's classic Dons, isn't it? You know, losing to like the bottom two teams of the league, they're going to Wigan away on Tuesday night and that's... Well, we called, we called this prior to the game. I think it was yeah, Joe literally. who said it. Well, we spoke, we spoke with Kyle, didn't we, on, on the NFL on Sunday. Me and Ross um, ran into him and sort of said, you know, this would be classic Dons to this, you know, lose those two games and go to Wigan and play Robert and probably get four points or at least, or even six points. So, yeah, it's, that's how it's been for years. I think it'll always stay that way. You can take like the manager and players away, but you can't take the club away from itself. So, yeah, this is classic. A player that we um be giving a, a fair bit of stick on this season, but I thought... Well, based off your guys' comments pre-recording and what I saw, I think Haram Bowen actually had a pretty decent game on Tuesday night. Joe, was it his type of game last night? He had a bit more space to operate and, of course, he take his chance at it better. He might have even scored a goal. Yeah, I think um, the big pitch, I think, suited him because he could really use his power um, to really get in, in behind people and if he, it, once he, you know, there's, you know, like with anyone, there's a few moments where you're just thinking, ah, what if? But I think in general, he was dangerous. You know, he had time. To, if he had time to turn, all of a sudden he's bearing down on a defender and and 
you know, but it caused a few problems. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was the best performer on the pitch, but I'd say he's certainly uh, done better than the last two or three times he's played, which is great to see. Um, I think, yeah, pretty much everyone just played really well. <laughs> I can't. Um, the, the other notable people I'd, I'd maybe single out was uh, Harvey and Kyoso because they both, you know, we used the whip so much better. They kept wide. They were overlapping really well with their, you know, with it, you know, Kasumu on the right hand side or, um, you know, Riley. You know, they we were really committing men men out wide and creating these overloads and. As Ross meant, as Ross mentioned, we did have chances, more chances in the first half that maybe we didn't actually make uh, make enough of. So, yeah, no, really good to see from Hiram and showing some of his, uh, you know, qualities he had. And he looked uh, how he kept going past sixty minutes when he looked absolutely knackered. There, I have no idea, but absolute fair play to the guy. Yeah, that's an achievement for him this season. I don't think he's played. Has he played more than sixty minutes in a league game this year? I can't think. Of no, one. I don't think so. He also usually gets dragged off, doesn't he? Because to bring on like a, uh, yeah, a Waters or someone like that. But yeah, no, fair play to him. Had a really, really good game, Ross. Power Tank Force, talk to me. Um, prior prior to the game, I, w- I was a bit disappointed because obviously Parrot was dropped um, for him. But yeah, he he had a, he had a, a good game in my eyes. Um, obviously, I I felt the the pit the size of the pitch would actually uh, would be a disadvantage to him because obviously. We've seen in previous games that he gets a bit leggy late on, and he gets—I wouldn't call it lazy, but he he doesn't track back as much as what he should. And I just thought, if we were going to get anything out of this game, um, we we needed to press as a team, and obviously we can't we can't just have Mo doing it. We've got to do it as collectively as a team. And yeah, fair play to Boateng. Um, he he worked his ass off, and. Um, he more than deserved a start in the team. And um, yeah, as, as you boys literally just um, said, I didn't think he would play the full 90, but he did. Um, but yeah, fair play to him. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens this Saturday for sure. Yeah, any chance he starts for you, Ross? Or is it... Uh, uh, no, I, I, personally, I, I don't think he will, but who knows? Okay, well, I'm sure we'll find out fairly soon anyway. Um, in our lineup later on for Rotherham. Uh, one player I wanted to touch on before we moved on to our Rotherham thoughts in terms of scores and predictions is Daniel Harvey. Now, of course, he picked up his fifth yellow card, which means he cannot play against Rotherham. But again, I thought, like like Kyoto, of course, he didn't get the goal like Kyoto did, but I thought he had a pretty good performance overall. You know, much like the rest of the team did really in terms of togetherness and kept the width going, pretty direct in terms of how he ran. Joe, um, of course, Dan Harvey's missed on Saturday, but how good was he on Tuesday night? Yeah, brilliant. I think the best, you know, the, the perfect way to describe Dan Harvey's game is to mention, you know, two brilliant assists. Um, I don't know whether the assist was for the for the second goal was for a Wigan player or or for Mo Issa. I'm sure Mo's going to claim it. Um, and then also, you know, he goes down to trying to do a Lewington, picks up the ball, assuming he's got the free kick, and then the free kick goes the other way because he's just handballed it. Um, so that was a that was a typical. That, that, that made me chuckle. Um, I think it was just a full-blooded performance. And I think, you know, down that, um, I think on the left-hand side, Kyoso was keeping McCle- uh, James McLean, you know, former Premier League player, quiet. And in the end, they swapped over. And so he, 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 I think he fared really well. Lang didn't have a sniff 
virtually the whole game against uh, Harvey. And then when they swapped over, McLean, you know, McLean, he kept McLean quiet as well. And, you know, that's impressive because if you're if you're one-on-one against some of these wingers and or all of a sudden they get a one-two on you or something, it, it can be trouble. But, you know, it's you, you have to be disciplined and you have to make sure that you're not just sliding in willy-nilly. And, he, he, you know, he, he had a real solid performance. Um, and, he, yeah, he must have been knackered because the amount of times he was going up and down and up and down that left-hand side was uh, quite something. Yeah, he should have got a goal, shouldn't he, really? Um, of course, he got the assist, but he should have, he should have had a lot more. Um, Ross, yeah. terrific performance, really, wasn't it, from Harvey in, in a general perspective? Yeah, he's he's really starting to find his form now. Um, and he... he He's at his best when he's in that final third in my eyes. And his delivery uh, yesterday, especially, was it was class. And uh, if we've got the likes of Parrot and what is late on in the game, you're going to need that sort of delivery because obviously they, they'll put it in the back of the net if they get given a chance. And yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, on, on that note, and of course, the results wise, you know, back to winning ways. Hopefully, there's no good team on Saturday against Rotherham. Who I'm sure will be looking to continue their good run. You know, I think I think last time I checked, we're the top two XG teams in the league and expected goals. So could be quite a game in terms of a lot of chances, a lot of goals. And we've got an overview for this game, luckily enough. So we'd like to represent someone from the RUFC pod onto the podcast to everything Rotherham. So I'll pass it over to those guys. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey welcome back to lace office overview and of course Rotherham at home on saturday looking to continue our well continue our beating streak at home but also continue our winning ways at home and delighted to say i'm joined by matt from new york talk so matt how you doing i'm not bad thanks mate how are you yeah, yeah, all good. My throat's a bit, uh, a bit croggy, but apart from that, uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, <laughs> let's chat Rotherham. Obviously, it's been a, it's been a fairly decent start for yourselves. Of course, in the playoffs, like ourselves, uh, a place of us three points with us last time I checked. Um, mm. You know, high in the XG stats, uh, pretty start of the season, right? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a decent it's a decent start. It's actually uh, before I didn't I haven't checked after Tuesday's game. After the thirteenth game, it was our best ever start to a season since nineteen fifty. Wow! That's you know we we are always slow starters, and for us to start like this is is a big change. Um, there's not many negatives so far. We've had one, two, two, two defeats: Fleetwood and Wigan. Uh, Wigan were last minute, ninety sixth minute, unlucky, and Fleetwood was the one game this season we played very badly, which you're going to get. Well, one game after that thirteen, fourteen games, a bad performance is <laughs> not too bad. Um, so there's not too much to complain about, which is which makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, so yeah, Robert have been sort of given the label of a bit of a yo-yo team, haven't they, as of recently? Mm. So uh, what do you think to that sort of term, like a yo-yo team? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? I don't mind. It, I, well, it's fun watching Rotherham. It's always it's always interesting. It's not it's not it's always interesting, it's not always fun. The relegation last season took a long time to get over, to be honest. The three minutes to safety. Or whatever it were, um, I think it's building. You look at you know you go back a long time, but West Brom were a yo-yo team in the Premier League for a while, and then they stabilised and were able to stay in the Premier League for quite a long time. That's the sort of aim we've, we've got to go. We only lost one or two players this summer, so we've got yeah. the same squad. So if we do manage to go back up, 
we'll have the same squad that almost stayed up, plus hopefully be able to build on that as well. I think that's the aim and the, and the idea behind it. If you're not going up and down, you're not really doing it right, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And talk just a bit about Paul Warren. Obviously, you know, he's been at the club um, a little while now, and I think he's one of the more... I think the word is, is respected uh, EFL coaches, especially at this kind of level, you know, third and first, second tier also. Yeah, so talk to us about Paul for a bit. He's an absolute, he's a club legend, Warney. Um, he's been manager since 2016. Uh, I think, well, so we're coming up to his fifth anniversary soon, but in the next couple of weeks. Um, he's, he just, he bleeds red and white. He's from Norwich and he is a Norwich fan, but he played 200 games for his fitness coach since 2010-ish. Um He's, he's just Mr. Rotherham United at the minute. And he just, he just brings this confidence and this air of everything's going to be all right. You know, you, you want to be on his side. If you listen to him talk, you want to play for him. I, you know, if, if I was a footballer, that's the type of guy I'd want to, I'd want to work for. Um, and that's what he's done. He's, he's brought in good players. He's brought in players who didn't or were okay players and has developed them. Some of the who's playing for West Brom came to us as a, an average player. In, as a season in Premier League, top end championship. That's what he's, you know, trying to bring the best out in people. And then if he brings out the best, I think the thing he's thinking is if you bring the best out in, the, in them as a person, they will improve as a footballer. Uh, and that's what's happened with a lot of our players. It doesn't work with everybody, but it's working a lot. And uh, like I said, he's highly respected around the game. We, we were on an EFL podcast of the week. We were on your former manager, Russell Martin. And they couldn't speak more more highly of Paul Wall. And I'm still listening, I think, because we only see it from the Rotherham United perspective. Listening to their perspective are quite interesting. Um, but yeah, we love him. Uh, he's, he is genuinely a club legend. Six promotions as a player, coach and manager. What, what more can he do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he has a sixth mostly resume. You're doing, uh, you're doing something right, aren't you, to say the least? So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, talk to us about some key players. Obviously, I suppose you talk about bringing up some from the younger talents. Edmunds Green is... is Mm. definition of that really isn't he so talk to us about him and maybe some other players who catch right for offer him yeah we signed him in the, on loan from Huddersfield in the summer and when he came in we, we thought we had a pretty well set back three play three at back Richard Woods there who's been around forever and is as good as he's ever been to be honest and Michael Hickley who was with us last time um, and Angus Pernold who's turned out to be injured or ill, Ill or whatever and uh, Reg, we call him because it's just easy. Edmunds Green. He's coming. He came in. He didn't come in straight away. He played in the cup against Accrington, okay. and he got bullied. He got properly bullied against Accrington, which you would almost expect because they are <laughs> people think we're physical. <laughs> and, <so Accrington's laughs> well. um, and he did get bullied, but that's a well. He's less than since then. He's barely put a foot wrong. He, he's solid. He's young, so he's got the legs on him, so he can help Woody. Woody and got the legs. Um, it looks like a really, really good player. It's early days, obviously, what 10, 15 games into his Robin career. But it looks like he's got a lot of the tools he needs to 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 go bigger and better. And we've we're we're in, we're in a strange situation where we're one injury away from a defensive crisis, but when one player coming back from I mean too many defenders, it's a really strange situation we're in. Um he'll probably he'll, he'll definitely play on Saturday. Reg definitely play. Yeah. Um and he, he's very, very solid. I'm, I've been very impressed with him. Okay, I suppose another, another name to talk about. Um, pretty obvious one, Mike Smith. Uh, 11 goal contributions and 13 starts. Can't speak for yourself, doesn't it, really, in terms of how good of a player he is? Yeah, he's one of them that I mentioned a minute ago about Semi Ajayi coming in, being okay, and, and improving. Michael Smith is just exactly like he came to us from Bury. 
uh, as a, he was on the bench at Bury and we paid 40 grand or whatever it were. And when he came in, he looked all right. He looked like a bit of a one-dimensional target man. You know, he scored his first goal with a header. But that's just, you know, it's, what, it's, it's not a dig at him. That's just what he was. But all credit to him and Paul Warren and the coaching staff. He is a different player right now. Everything about him is brilliant. His first touch is amazing. He can take it on his foot, on his chest. He can still play the target man role, although it's not his, he's not amazing at it. Uh, and this season is finally, well, towards the end of last season, to be fair to him, he's yeah. finally added goals to his game. And he's scoring loads of different goals. He can score a header. He's scored from outside the box. He's got a backheeled goal last week. He's it, it, everything you want in a striker. And I, I'm amazed he, he, I'm amazed that he is where he is now from when he started. And it's just so much credit to him for willing to put the hard yards in, put that work in. And he's, he's reaping the rewards because... If there's a better striker in this division this season, I haven't seen him yet. He just gives you absolutely everything, including work rate as well, which is obviously a massive part of it. Yeah, I think work rate is one thing that this Rotherham team really can need this weekend, especially with how much we like to keep the ball ourselves. You know, we when we want to be, we can be quite patient with it. So I think having someone like Smith at the top is and, and his work rate, of course, and the horse's goals, you know, it's going to be a really important asset for Rotherham this weekend. Mm. Uh, I think it's interesting. We 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 work better against teams who try to knock it about at the back. Okay. Because it allows us to press up and push and push and push. And Smithy will run all day long. We'll come on to Grig in a minute, but his work rate's been really, really impressive so far. Uh we've got a midfield three, but Rathbone and Wiles are the, the two sort of more offensive ones. And Rathbone's not stopped running since he signed for the club in August. He's just been absolutely non-stop. Uh, and it, it, it just gives that freedom to push forward and it, it's going to be a good game. Uh, like playing against a team like MK Dons does suit us. I think, you know, you're always trying to play football. Um, but you're a good, you know, you, you, you can play somebody who finishes 17th trying to knock the ball about. We like that. MK Dons have got strength that can hurt people. So it's going to be, going to be a good game, I think. Yeah, I mean, you brought up yourself, so... Luckily, I'd have to ring him up. Well, Greg, obviously, I think I, I said to you pre-recording, I think I'd be crucified. I didn't mention him. Of course, he signed on loan from Sunderland. Who else? Yeah. Uh, two goals in. I think it's six starts this season so far. Of course, he got yeah. the goal against AFC Wimbledon. So, well done, Greggy. Um, talk to us about how he settled in. Of course, I'm sure a lot of Don's fans are pretty keen to hear that. Yeah, I mean, when we got him, you obviously, you just hear from Sunderland fans, don't you? Yeah. About he's lazy, don't care, and this, that, and other. And it's sort of been the opposite, really. Like I say, his work rate's been fantastic. Um, the goals took a game, I think he's got his debut pizza trophy, and they took a couple of games before he sort of settled in. Um, he, he suits Michael Smith really well. It, it looks like big man, little man. Yeah. But it's not really as simple as that. They, they, they link up really, really well. Griggs' intelligence is massive for us as well. It's the timing of his runs. But not only the timing of his runs, the timing of his passes. You know, he doesn't just get it forward. He, he, he's clearly thinking about it. Um I can see what Sunderland fans saying. He doesn't look like he cares. When he scores a goal, he obviously celebrates a bit. But he doesn't go mad and go crazy because it just yeah. looks like it's a job to him. He's getting on with it. And I sort of like that about him. You know, if he doesn't, it doesn't seem to get too high and too low. And it suits our system. Our concern is if he keeps scoring, then Sunderland will just pull him back in January. Because why wouldn't they? If we're up there with them, they'd be stupid not to, wouldn't they, really? Well, and they could potentially get a fee for him as well. So his last year was contract, I think. He played 20 minutes for Sunderland in the League Cup, so he can't go anywhere else. So they've shot themselves wow. in the foot, really. It's, it's also Sunderland, but they won't. If I was Sunderland, well, if I was Sunderland, I wouldn't have given him his, given him to us in first place. Yeah, yeah. But who knows with that lot? Well, maybe they thought you, you were as good as you are. So, you know, well, yeah, jokes maybe. on them, end of the day. 
<laughs> um, talk to us a bit about how Rotherham will set up on Saturday. I mean, I, I little look at the stats, and from what I can tell, we don't look like a team that's going to press loads in terms of the actual defensive actions. But you like to get the ball on the field really quickly, so that kind of spells counter-attacking to me. I mean, what do you what do you reckon? We are a high-pressing team when we're allowed to be a high-pressing team. Okay. Teams in League One don't really let you do that, no, because they're, they're quite direct. And we played Wickham on Tuesday night, which was a dreadful game. And teams in League One are closer to Wickham than in the Championship. Teams are close to them. Get on the style of play is very similar. In, in Championship, we love it, it. That's why we almost stayed up because we did have that energy. We were allowed to press. Um, we get this idea that we are a long ball team. Wickham still think we're a long ball team after Tuesday. <laughs> I think watch them. Um, but we're not a really a long ball team. It doesn't suit us. Like I said, Michael Smith's got all the attributes in the world. He's not the best hold, but uh, not the best at flicking on. So it doesn't always work. We, we're more likely to put it into the channels and let Smith or Grigg run onto it. Um, like I said, we've got we've got bags of energy in that midfield, so we can Smith and Grigg can push up and put and press high. So then Wiles and um, Rathbone can fill that gap, and then we've got Barley as a, as, a, as our third midfielder who can just. If an attacking sense can be the quarterback, but then it can also sweep up as well. Um, it's one of those things we don't get the credit for the way we play. That's not, you know, that's good. So in a good way, people underestimate. People don't expect us yeah. to play. I think we took Pompey a little bit by surprise with that last week. That we just blitzed them. There was a ten-minute period in the second half where they just couldn't, they couldn't touch the ball, and we weren't going long. We were going through them to the midfield and and out wide. We do like to put crosses in. You know, it's not, let's not get away from that. But we are high energy, and when we're allowed to, we will play high press. So I think that's what we'll try and do to you guys on Saturday. We will try and pressure. Yeah, and looking at just typically from set pieces, I was eight goals from yourselves with a prospective goal set piece of eight. So you know, pretty bang on, kind of much more bang on than that. How how important is that eight element of the game for you on Saturday? Because to be fair, Don's have been pretty good at defending set pieces this weekend. But of course, facing a set purse, a set piece expert that's like Rotherham could be a different story. Yeah, I mean, it's. I wouldn't say it's a massive strength. I think. I think again, it's one of those things that maybe the stats make it look better than it actually is. I think we get a lot of set pieces. I think we get a lot of corners. We win a lot of free kicks in and around the box. Uh, we have got a long throw, which we shall obviously contribute to that as well. Long long throw is almost sometimes more dangerous than a corner because of yeah. the way they where they can go in. But I think that masks that a little bit. Um, if you're going to give us a chance, like I mentioned, Richard Wood earlier. Richard was the, one of the most experienced defenders going around. If you're going to give him a little bit of space in the box to attack it, to go and get it, he's going to do it. He's, he's going to get that. And if he doesn't score, Grigg will clear it up or Smith will clear it up, you know, if it rebounds or whatever. I wouldn't say it's a massive... When, it, when It's not one of those where we get a corner where you think, oh, we're going to score here. It's yeah. just it's just something that does happen from time to time. And when, Whenever people read me those set-piece, that sort of thing, it always surprises me. It always surprised me that it was so high up. Because it, it doesn't feel like a part of our game that we're amazing at, but they do work on it. Paul once talked to them, that they work on it a bit. Um, but yeah, we, we can score all types of goals. We're one of those teams that can do different things. Yeah, well, the, the stats show it, quite frankly. I think, say, before, the, before midweek, we were the top two teams for XG in the league. So you can, yeah. you know, two, two teams are going to create chances to score goals. So I'm really interested to hear how you think the score will go on Saturday, because Rotherham have only conceded two goals away. Um, mm. and we're 
well, we're, we're kind of leaky. We're, we're, we're leaky, but we're also scoring ourselves. We've been the top scorers in the league. So hmm. how do you think score-wise Saturday will go? Uh, yeah, well, I said against Portsmouth, they'd be really low scoring 1-1, 0-0, or 1-4-1. So my <laughs> predictions aren't always amazing, to be fair. Um, I expect goals. Like I said, you score a good amount of goals. We we are very, very good defensively. I think we've considered, I saw before Tuesday's game, there were only Man City and West Brom that had considered less shots than us so far this season. So, so defensively, we are really, really good. So it's difficult to predict that. I'm, I'm going to go positive because our away form's really good. I'm going to go 2-1 towards. That's me nice. being really, really positive, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went a bit more pessimistic. I went 2-2 for my score. Um, I just feel both teams did create a lot of chances and with how, how our defence is um, and I think our attack is just one of the best in the league I think I think it will just score goals uh, I don't disregard defensive stats but typically in football attack will usually beat out defence yeah. at this um, level as well yeah exactly so I think it'll be goals so you can head down on Saturday if you entertain the game I'm sure um, yeah. but Matt thank you very much for coming on to the podcast before you go please let everyone know where you can find your work uh, yeah, we're, we're New York Talk. Uh, so if you go on Twitter, we're at RDFC underscore pod. Uh, YouTube's newyorktalk.co.uk. We'll be doing our live show Thursday night. So if anyone wants to pop over and have a look, it'll be 45 minutes of complaining about Wickham and then we'll have 20 minutes talking about MK Dons. <laughs> yeah, I believe I'll be joining you for that chat about MK Dons. So looking forward yes. to that on uh, tomorrow, so today technically, so if you release on the Thursday. But yeah, thank you once again, Matt. And uh, yeah, speak to you soon. No worries, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much once again to New York Talk for coming on and giving us a bit of a better insight into Rotherham the weekend provide. Right then, boys, score line of oh, score line. I was combine both there. Score and lineup predictions, Rotherham. Let's start with our lineups. And of course, we also have everyone fan hub. Uh, back to being a top three club on there now. Finally, we're not top top spot, which is good to see. Uh, been there for way too long. So I'm glad someone said that to the realm and took me off there. Uh, Ross, obviously, no Dan Harvey, so definitely at least one change from yourself from Tuesday night. Just talk us through it. Yeah, so um, I've gone with Fish and Goal, and then the usual back three of um, Ihora, Darlene and Louis. And then I've gone with Tonight coming. Um, I do believe, um, especially against Wigan, uh, for those which were there, um, you could see that Kyoso, his legs were getting a bit heavy and... Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think the game took it very much out of him, and I think obviously two two games in um, in a couple of days, I think it's just a bit too much. So I've, got, I've gone with Tanai, which again, is a suitable uh, replacement. I'm sure he'll do the defensive capabilities just as well as what Kioso done on uh, Tuesday. And then um, I've gone with Jules out on the other side. Obviously, we've been forced into this move. I wouldn't normally. Um, put Jules at obviously wing back but I believe he played there um, when Dan Harvey had concussion um, against um, I believe it was Charlton on Tuesday um, I might be wrong test your memory there I think it was um, but Jules he actually played very well in that game so um be interesting to see how he is from the start and then um, I've gone with the usual two in the midfield which started on Tuesday with um, O'Reilly and Kasumu and then I've gone with the two up top. So it means, obviously, Twine's part of that midfield. Um, and then I've gone, yeah, up, as I say, up top, I've gone with Parrott and uh, Mo. I just feel, especially against this Rotherham team, we've got to be physical and um, we've got to stretch that defence. And I just feel um, taking out Boateng's probably the right thing and adding more threat up top, make it more physical. 
and more of a tougher test for Rotherham. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, so much so that I picked it myself, pretty much, Ross. Um, I, I agree that I think I think Boa saying we would be better off the bench on this one. You know, he, he adds something different to the game, 65 minutes into the game where some of their lads might be a bit more tired and Boateng's a fresh set of legs going onto the pitch and, yeah, can, can hopefully bully a few players about and create some chances for Isa and Troy up, up top. Um, yeah, I do think, well, before I even realised that, you know, Kyoto was leggy, I, I did think he'd be rested. I debate if I'm resting a few other players, you know, like Casno, Riley, I was kind of, I'm an hour and said they dropped or not, but... Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure whether anyone else can really replace what they can do, especially in this big of a game where we're taking on a team at Rotherham, who are arguably one of the better teams we're going to see at Stadium K this season in terms of numbers. So, yeah, and I, I've got that Jules coming their thing back because we've, we've seen him there before. It's I think it's an easy replacement, quite frankly. And um, maybe if Harvey wasn't out, maybe maybe Jules been for Louis, but obviously that's complete hindsight. We don't have that conversation right now because it's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, nice and boring from me. Joe, are you completing the hat trick of the same lineup? So have you gone a bit different? Um, yeah, I think I am. Um, I think yeah, tonight's a more than capable option at, at right back. Um, also, Jules. You know, I wonder whether Jules maybe would have come in anyway because one thing that I'm sure has been mentioned in your chat um, with New York talk is just about the set piece threat and the height of this Rotherham team. You've got. Michael Smith up front, who's a big, big guy, and um, you know all three centre backs. Although I believe the captain Richard Wood is a is a major doubt for Saturday, um, which uh, is great news for us. Um, so yeah, I think um, Zach Jules, you know, against a team like Rotherham, I think it'll be good to just have that extra bit of height in there. Kasuma and O'Reilly, I don't know how you could drop either of them on the, you know, on the, on their form. Um, and then, yeah, Parrot, I'd like, I would, it seems like Parrot's been playing as, um, you know, a tip of the diamond along with Twine, Parrot on the right and Twine on the left. Um, sorry, the, the top of the box, so to speak. So they're both almost playing as tens behind Isa. I, I, I'd like to see Parrot do some of what he was doing earlier on in the season where he's playing a lot closer to Mo and making those runs in behind because I feel like, that this Rotherham team, I think that if you're making those runs in behind them, they're in, in behind those centre-backs who, as I've mentioned, they're big, but maybe they're not as uh, mobile, perhaps, potentially, um, then, you know, we could maybe exploit that. And if they've got their wing-backs bombing on forward, then, you know, that could be somewhere where we could have a little bit of joy in terms of running in behind. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, very much so. I think it's going to be a very, very good game. Uh, so, Tino's tacking teams in the league, as I mentioned. Um, right, score predictions. I will kick us off. I'm going 2 2. Um, you know, it's pretty standard with most two Tino's tacking teams in the league. There's going to be goals. Um, I think Rob Romney actually conceded two goals away from home this season in the league, which is an interesting stat. Um, I believe they both come against pretty solid teams. So, and I, I like to think we are a pretty solid team. So I think we'll, I think there'll be goals. So obviously there'll be goals on our end because, you know, that's the way it works. Um, and yeah, I, I think it'll be another comeback job for the Dons, but ultimately it'll be a, a point where both teams will walk away happy with it, especially the Rotherham perspective, of course, because any point on the road is a decent point. So yeah, 2-2 two, two from me. Ross, what are you thinking for Saturday? As you say, Liam, it's going to be um, an entertaining game, 
I feel. I believe Rotherham are unbeaten in seven. We're unbeaten at five at home. So, obviously, the stats are there to, uh, to prove that we are two solid teams. But I just feel with this Don side, we've seen it all this season, Sunderland, Ipswich, all these top teams, Wigan on Tuesday, obviously. Um, we do perform against these top sides. And at home especially, there's not many teams which come to our place and um, touch wood, um, obviously turn us over. So um, it, I'm, I don't feel like there'll be a lot of goals, but I do feel like it'll probably be a draw. I'm going to go with a one-all draw. Okay, okay. Two points, well, point share for the two of us. Uh, Joe, do you reckon the Dons will take the three points or are you sticking with, well, what are you going with basically? Are you going with a loss or a draw or a win? Who knows? I think we're more than capable of getting a three points. However, I think it's more likely going to be a one-all draw. Um, as Ross mentioned, um, in their five away games, uh, there's only actually been eight goals in those five away games, which just shows that you know they are probably potentially a bit more cagey affairs with Rotherham. You know, Rotherham probably want to keep it tight away from home, and you know, conceding two and five is great, but they've only actually scored six in the five games. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, I think that, that that's what they're going to do. They're going to you know sit in, be tight, try not to give anything away, but at the same time they do they do and will offer a threat. And I think, uh, but then again, we have been very very good at defending set pieces. That is one thing which you know you can't and attack our attacking set pieces have been a lot better actually. So you know I, I you know I know we mentioned about set piece threat, but I'm not. Of course, I am worried about it, and uh, but, but I think we, we should be able to cope with it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm quietly optimistic, but uh, I think one all is more, more likely. Interesting. I'm pretty sure that's the first game this season with one of us has not said we're going to win this game. So that's uh, that's a little... Oh, tell oh, well, I know they're, they're not... They're, there's a few teams above them in the league, but for me, them and Sunderland are probably the best two, I think. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think the the data backs up, and I'm sure we'll see that on Saturday. Uh, but yeah, this this game typically sees a lot of goals. Um, but yeah, obviously, I think there will be the other two gents. Don't think the same as myself. So we we'll see who comes out on top. Okay, thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the MQ One Podcast. As always, please, if any Don supporters like a podcast listen to, we are your guys for football perspective, one hundred percent. Make sure you let them know about us and uh, yeah, keep up the brilliant support. And as always, if you've got any questions, send them in and uh, yeah, we'll definitely answer them. So hopefully see you on Saturday and come on, you dons. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.